You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante, and the hot stove isn't on, but people are at least approaching the hot stove and starting to talk about whether or not to turn it on. We've got Yadier Molina and the Yankees buzz, which I honestly feel like we started, but it's starting to get a little bit real. We're going to talk an Aaron Nola Yankees package that sort of makes a lot of sense to us. The Yankees could be plundering the Japanese market for another ace, according to Tuesday's rumors. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Hall of Fame ballot and why it looks like there won't be a whole lot of changes from last year. Folks, make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you do get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review and a mailbag question, and we will be happy, more than happy, in fact, to answer them in a future episode. We're going to have a lot of great guests coming up these next couple weeks. Uh, trust us, we got good stuff in the chamber, but the mailbag questions always help, so please drop those when you leave your reviews, which we'd once again prefer to be five full stars. No 4.5 stuff. That's not what we're looking for. Thomas, happy Wednesday. Uh, Yachty and the Yankees, did you invent this? Did you start calling agents... <laughs> and getting this in motion like why is this happening and why are the Yankees suddenly the quote-unquote biggest threat to take Yadier Molina away from the Cardinals Ooh, I I, I maybe I did make this up maybe, maybe so maybe so maybe the Yankees saw us maybe Brian Cashman was on yanksgoyard.com he's like you know what I'm gonna see what the folks are saying today and he saw us and he was like that's a damn good idea we need a veteran we need a reliable catcher and we're gonna do it we're gonna make it happen um, I, you know, this report's cool and it's fun. Don't get me wrong. Yachty confirming the interest, uh, I think over the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, that the Yankees were interested in him. And now, uh, Derek Gold of the St. Louis post ditch, uh, dispatch in his, uh, weekly, I guess, Q and a with fans. Uh, someone asked about the likelihood of Yachty returning. Uh, he weighed in on it a little bit and he snuck in a little nugget there that said the Yankees are the biggest threat to the Cardinals re-signing Molina. Um, I think we should pump the brakes a little bit here because I think this is obvious. The Yankees are clearly the biggest threat to steal Yachty from the Cardinals because the other teams interested in him, the Angels, the Padres, and the Mets. Uh, the Angels offer him absolutely nothing aside from warm weather in California. They Reunion are, with Albert Pujols. Yeah, re, yeah, a little uh, we don't even know if they get along. I don't even know if they're <laughs> friends. Um, the Padres could be cool, but 
look, Yachty's playing two more years. He wants to play two more years in Major League Baseball. The Padres are not a perennial World Series contender. They have an awesome young core that could certainly go places, but they are not built for the next two years. Unless they do something crazy this offseason, I think maybe if they bring in Bauer, maybe if they trade for another starter or add to their bullpen because they're losing a couple of key guys there, then we're talking. But that's more of a, I think, a five-year project for them at, at the very least. And the Mets, the Mets have a lot, lot of other holes. The Mets, you know, need another starter. They need a George Springer guy. Uh, they need potentially a JT Realmuto. Um, Yachty doesn't really fit there. And like we said, Steve Cohen wants to win a World Series in the next three to five years. I really don't think the Mets are going to win one in the next one to two years, which fits Yachty's timetable. The Yankees fit it perfectly. Um, and I think that that's the reason why Gould is saying this. It makes total sense. And I don't think it's really deviating from any other things that we've heard about the Yankees and Yachty. I think that this is just kind of smooth sailing on the trajectory as we had expected. I think we can probably expect him to go back to the Cardinals at this time. Um, because we said, what does this mean for Gary Sanchez? We don't know. People are talking about Yachty and him platooning. Is that a good idea? I, I don't really know. I, you probably got more to say about that than I do. Um, I would rather him platooning with Higashioka and then we figure out a catcher situation two years down the road um, in the form of Austin Wells, which will hopefully be the solution. But I think it's either it's, it's got to be Molina and Sanchez is gone or Molina and Higashioka is gone. I don't know. Uh, it's just it's got to be Molina and Higashioka, in my opinion. Who knows? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm intrigued by the idea of pairing Sanchez with Molina only because I, I, I just don't think like, so Gary Sanchez, you know, whether you believe in Gary Sanchez or you don't, or you hated the last three years of the Gary Sanchez experience. Jamie's log progressive the Harrington's backyard day 27, three 33 AM three, three, three. All those threes mean something or I may be losing it. Been camped in the Harrington's backyard for 27 days now, proving the progressive has 24 seven protection. They told me every day they understand what 24 seven protection means. Think I'm finally getting through to them. Three, three, three. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Which I think most of us did. Like, if I never saw him again and there was a viable solution, I could obviously be on board with that. I'm not trying to non-tender Sanchez on, on you know, Wednesday night's deadline and then go, okay, now we're back to square one. Because – you know, there just has to be, you know, either you're committing to Sanchez or you're committing to a solution behind Gary Sanchez. So, like, if you're going to non-tender him, you better have an agreement with Molina already in place. And, and like you said, I really do feel like, you know, just because the Yankees are the biggest threat to the Cardinals re-signing Molina, that still bakes in the idea that the Cardinals are the inherent favorite. Like, in the same way that every time we talk about DJ LeMahieu going somewhere else, every beat reporter, you know, it clarifies the statement by saying, but by the way, you know, the Yankees are still the expected landing place. And I think that's going to be the case until he, you know, literally goes somewhere else and, and shows up with a Blue Jays hat on. Um, so the Yankees are the biggest threat to pry Molina away from the Cardinals because they can offer him, you know, the most complete package of things that can meet his goal. But I think he's probably still overwhelmingly likely to go to the Cardinals. Um, but that being said, if Gary Sanchez is your plan, for 2021, you have to have something better in place than just Kyle Higashioka to back him up because we watched that this year. Higashioka was a nice change of pace, had a good week. Um, definitely isn't a starting caliber catcher in, in the major leagues. 
And so, you know, I don't believe in Gary Sanchez until I see it. And then if the only options on the table are Sanchez and Higashioka, I'm not terribly confident in the 2021 catching situation. But that being said, if they let Sanchez walk, there has to be something between Sanchez and Higashioka because he is not your starting catcher either. Um, so I guess I'm, I just like hearing the Yankees attached to Yadier Molina. Um, and I would be interested to see what would happen if Molina and Sanchez could work together as a pairing. Uh, there was a lot of talk about how a lot of the veteran catching options available this winter aren't necessarily guys who are going to be able to take a full workload on. You know, you're not signing Yadier Molina to be a 38-year-old, six days a week starting catcher. Um, Higashioka, if he's your backup, is going to find his way into plenty of games. Uh, if Molina is your plan, that's the justification for Molina Sanchez rather than Molina Higashioka because Molina Higgy, you're seeing Higgy three times a week anyway. Molina Sanchez, you're seeing Sanchez four times a week and, and Yadier Molina, a Hall of Famer, the other three. It, it's an objectively better pairing. That you know Whether it's realistic or not, I don't know, but I think handing Molina the keys to the car is a little short-sighted. You're going to end up with a lot more Higashioka than you're probably expecting. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's – it, it's either Gary Sanchez is your full-time catcher and Higgy is, you know, pairing with Garrett Cole, and or you're bringing in Yachty and him to just split time with Higashioka. I don't know how it's good for Gary Sanchez's development to get a handful of starts um, a week if Yachty's there and obviously – requires playing time because he's very good so i don't know let's 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 talk about something cooler what but do you gary think? sanchez hitting a batting practice home run in <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> venezuelan winter league yeah awesome which apparently yeah. means he's the comeback player of the year yeah yeah i mean we're I, let's put out a pod dis- disclaimer we're not going to be talking about that home run it's nope it's a highlight uh if you want to look it up on twitter you can find it pretty easily uh nope that's it we're done congratulations on on the dinger um we do want to talk about uh, saving Aaron Nola from Philadelphia, which, you know, hasn't really been touched upon. Maybe we can manifest it into reality like we did with the Yachty rumors. And then three days from now, you see a New York Post headline that's like, Yankees top of Aaron Nola's trade list. And you're like, didn't even know he was available until <laughs> the Yanks go yard guys uh, said it out loud. But, you know, it's funny. I hadn't thought about this until you brought it up. But the Phillies are, you know, apparently claiming they can't afford JT Real Muto and they can't afford anyone. And they lost $145 million this year or was it two billion dollars we'll just never know um but they are on the verge of falling into disrepair um i don't know how the 2018 to 2020 phillies didn't make the playoffs especially when major league baseball instituted basically a stepping stool for them in 2020 like the 2020 season and playoff format was designed to get the phillies into the postseason and they choked away a pretty sizable lead in the last two weeks by basically losing every day which uh just is you know major league baseball had to be disappointed to lose out on another Bryce Harper playoff appearance. But now we're, we're, we're verging on Harper's team sort of falling into disrepair and an extended, you know, not just a retool, but a rebuild. They need a new GM more than anyone else because, they, you know, Clintac cannot be handling uh, the next phase of whatever this is. But they've got Zach Wheeler in place. They've got Bryce Harper in place. And they've got pretty much nobody else uh, controllable long-term who's really going to make a difference except for Nola, who is by far their best trade piece. So talk about how you intend to peel him away from Philly. Yeah, that's the issue. I mean, if you're going to look at the Philly situation, they're, they're not good. I think that we can, we can, we can earnestly say that they are a, a fairly bad team. And they're, they're losing very- Didi and JT Real Muto. So yes. if they were bad last year, they're, they're much worse now. Yeah, of course. And they're saying that they're not going to make any major de- – okay, so if you're not re-signing JT Real Muto, then you're not making any other – 
momentous free agent additions. That that's what you're telling me with that statement, and you're coming out and you're, and you're essentially telling us that the franchise lost every penny in terms of its uh, net worth. So here we are. You're not going to do anything this offseason to improve this team in the short term, which is exactly what you would need if you want to contend for a World Series. So if you're not going to do that, then you need to undergo some sort of a mini retool. I don't know what that's going to look like, but you look at this roster, they're not getting rid of Gene Segura's contract. They're not getting rid of Andrew McCutcheon's contract. They're not getting rid of Odubel Herrera's contract. None of those things are happening unless they eat a ton of the money, which is not what they want to do because then it's counterintuitive to make the trade. Unless of course you're getting some ready now MLB talent that's going to help, but that's a different story. I don't think anybody's going to be giving that up for any of those three guys. So that enter NOLA where this was one of the few uh, great moves the front office made. They signed him to a four year deal for $45 million that kicked in 2019. He's guaranteed to be signed through 2022. Um, and he's got a team option for 2023. You look at his contract breakdown next year, 12.25 million, 2022, 15.5 million, 2023, $16 million team option with a $4.25 million buyout. That's a lot of value. He is a bona fide number two pitcher, in my opinion. He is pretty much there. I, I think he's probably better than Wheeler uh, based on you know body of work and consistency. So uh, he's kind of he's kind of their ace. But guess what? If it's just him and Wheeler at, in this rotation, and you're going to tell me Zach Eflin's the number three, then this team's not going anywhere in the short term. So you have one trade ship. It's Aaron Nola. You got to hit a home run if you want to make this, you know, have this rebuild turn around really quickly. So, and I think the Yankees line up nicely with them. You, I think this trade package is fair. Yankees send over Clint Frazier, Davey Garcia, Miguel Andujar, and number nine prospect pitcher, Yoandres Gomez. Is that how you say his name? I think so. Yoandres? Yoandres Gomez. Um, here's the deal. Clint Frazier gives them an, an uh, immediate impact bat in the outfield um, and a middle-of-the-order bat. You pair him with Hoskins and Harper, that's a great, you know, three, four, five punch or whatever it's going to be. Garcia gives them an immediate option in the rotation that is controllable and is cost-effective. And Duhar gives them plenty of options. He could play third. I know they have uh, Alec Bohm, who will probably be doing that, but you know, and Duhar has proven that he can at least stand in a different position and play it somewhat uh, effectively. Not really, but they could figure it out. He's got a major league. Uh, he's got a major league ready bat. Very good. Joe Girardi was his former managers. Uh, no, he wasn't. I don't know why I said well, that. Very briefly. Uh, like yeah. for, for not for real. Really yeah, briefly. not for real. But, um, you know, there's at least, I guess, some sort of familiarity there, if you want to call it that. Nonetheless, he gives them – that's another major league-ready talent that's controllable, will help them save money, and will help them improve in the near term. And Gomez, they need pitching depth. Um, he's, uh, he's, I think, closer to M, uh, the MLB level than not, which obviously helps them out uh, it, within the next one to two years if that's the timetable that they're going to go with. Yeah, he just I got think. protected on the 40-man. So yeah. he's, he's closer than not. Yeah. And the Yankees don't necessarily need him, especially if they're going to be getting their hands on Nola. They got Clark Schmidt, um, and they got a bunch of other pitching prospects that are ahead of him in the in the pecking order. So they can afford to, you know, trade from that surplus. And you know, Davy and Clint will be losses for them. But guess what? They that's that's the price you got to pay for making trades. And Nola gives them stability right behind Garrett Cole, which is exactly what they need. And then you can 
you know, make do with the rest of the rotation. But I think it's a somewhat fair deal. Maybe the Phillies ask for more, and you know what? You maybe pay more for it because this is three years of control of an ace-like pitcher at a decent price, and if they're going to cry about money, you're getting this guy for an average of $14.5 million over three years. You just got to do it. The unfortunate thing, too, for the Phillies is baseball is a brutal sport. Pitching is very hard and awfully stressful on, on the arm. Aaron Nola hasn't gone through the major surgical procedure yet. Um, so if you want to sell super high before he sort of damaged goods, that might be something you want to do. Uh, sad reality of life. Uh, yeah, Phillies, pick up the phone whenever you get a new GM. We'll talk about it. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, a Japanese ace could help the Yankees, which, you know, is part of a market that you may have forgotten about. And we're going to talk about the Baron Hall of Fame ballot. Stick around. Welcome back to the... Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call C-Bus C-Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells O-H, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in C-Bus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi. And say here's to O-H-I-O, where Pepsi and life are oh so refreshing. Thanks, Go Yard Podcast. So I I really feel like uh, we've almost entirely ignored the players being posted over from Japan, uh, which are about to start heating up in the next couple weeks. Since we've been so focused on how the major league uh, starting pitching market is kind of barren this year. Um, I just said Baron before and after the break. I don't know why. Two different topics, but I guess I love that word. Word of the day calendar. Um, so we, we hadn't considered these Japanese players filing to enter Major League Baseball, maybe just because, um, you know, we figured the Yankees are going to be a little spendthrift this year, uh, and they were going to be focused on sort of people who are already, you know, on in the Major League Baseball you know, ecosystem, probably weren't going to waste or, or use a large posting fee and then a large multi-year contract on unproven talent. But then we saw a report early on Tuesday that Tomoyuki Sagano, who is, you know, the ace of the Yomiuri Giants uh, in the NPB, uh, 31 years old, 14-2, 1.97 ERA last year, and an 0.89 whip, five-pitch pitcher, two-time Sawamura Award winner, which is the Cy Young Award for the Japanese Baseball League. He's about to be posted, just 31 years old. Um, you know, this is the kind of report that usually floats by your eyes. You sort of go, that's intriguing. You know, I'm interested. I assume someone else is going to do it. Well, Tuesday morning, uh, word leaked that the Yankees, Padres, and Giants are the only three teams that are really chasing Sagano at this point. So perhaps the Yankees are involved for leverage purposes. You can't rule out the fact that, you know, somebody coming from Japan who wants a high-dollar offer is just going to say, there's a couple teams interested in me, and guess what? One of them just happens to be the New York Yankees. But that being said, um, you know, this isn't being floated by his camp. These are the three names that have emerged for teams that are genuinely looking at Sagano. Um, and the Yankees are going to need one or two, probably two veteran arms to join the rotation in 2021. You're going to very quickly see if you go with a rotation of all kids and you go with the Luis Severino arrives at midseason, Cole, Herman, Schmidt, uh, you know, Jordan Montgomery, Davey Garcia, and that's your whole plan. By the beginning of May, one of those two people is going to be gone, uh, maybe two, or one is going to be injured and one is going to have a six and a half ERA. Like there are so many reasons that you need veterans ahead of the kids so that when you have to dip into your reserves, you're going to a guy like Clark Schmidt to make a mid-May start instead of a guy like Yoandris Gomez or Miguel Yahure or, you know, a triple A free agent 
you know, the Daryl Rasner types who always end up finding their way into your season if you're not prepared. So we haven't really talked about Sagano or the Japanese imports just because we didn't expect the Yankees to spend money. But here they are being rumored to spend exactly that, you know, go for it. Um, does Sagano intrigue you? I, I love the Yankees track record with Japanese starters. So if they're interested, I'm interested. I'm that simple. You know, I'm already one over, but I don't know where you stand on this. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I think his, you know, he, people might be concerned that this is going to be his age 31 season, but he has a great track record. He doesn't really seem to be slowing down and his pitching style certainly caters to, you know, your, as you age as, as a pitcher, uh, four seam fastball, low nineties, kind of like Tanaka sinker, slider, curveball, and fork ball. Hell yeah, dude. Fucking fork ball. Let's do it. Yeah. So you have that kind of mix. You throw that he has big, uh, big game experience, world baseball, classic dude, a lot of Japanese, uh, uh, playoff performances. So you love to have that, which is a big aspect of why the Yankees went after Tanaka Japanese legend, constantly pitching on the biggest stage ever since high school. So that's the kind of, uh, you know, battle tested, uh, uh, pressure that you want these guys to have coming to New York. You're going to be, you're going to be under uh, the spotlight constantly, probably going to be in the playoffs a whole lot. So, you know, time to buckle down and you got to be used to these kind of situations. Um, I don't think it's a bad idea. It may, it does intrigue me because this means that the Yankees are going to be willing to spend some money, I guess, because remember, this is going to cost a posting fee that they're going to have to pay the, the, the giants. And then it's going to cost a contract for whatever Sagano's agent is negotiating. So uh, kind of a double dip there. And the Yankees have not really indicated to us that that's something they're willing to do, but Hey, I guess this is a little bit of a, uh, little little insight into what they might be willing to do depending on if the offseason turns around vaccine everything starts trending in the right direction even more so than it already is uh nonetheless i like the way i like this the profile of this guy uh the only thing that worries me is like is this tanaka's replacement like uh, is that because are they going to bring back him if they sign him are they bringing back tanaka so i don't it kind of makes me nervous and he he very much strikes me as a masahiro tanaka light so Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd advocate for that. And how much cheaper is this going to be paying for the posting fee and paying for him than just like giving Tanaka a three or four year deal? I don't know. This is, I like them getting involved in as many things as possible. You during an opportunistic off season like this and very uncertain off season like this, it's best to just have your hands in, in multiple jars, but Oh, I don't know that, that it feels good that they're, you know, this is the kind of guy that they're going after because they need the longevity in the rotation. And, you know, who knows, maybe he can give you length in the bullpen if that's something he's open to doing. But I don't know if this means that somebody else like Tanaka is going to have to go. Yeah. If he's going to be the guy, I'm going to need them to do Tanaka also like, <laughs> or, or I guess James Paxton also, but the, honestly, like there's been so much talk about Paxton being a smart one year, you know, bounce back pillow contract edition that I'm starting to think it's not a smart pillow contract edition because there's also, you know, it is true. There's, there's a chance that just works. There's a chance you get James Paxton. He's totally solid. And then he goes somewhere else for a lot of money next year, but there's also a chance he makes three starts and then you haven't made a veteran edition at all. So I would rather do Tanaka and uh, this import, you know, bring in Sagano and Tanaka rather than bring in Sagano and Paxton or, you know, a worse American arm like Garrett Richards and Paxton. Um, the Sagano-Tanaka pairing uh, does intrigue me. It is funny. It feels like the Yankees were attached to so many Japanese pitchers for so long 
after all the success they had with Hiroki Kuroda and Tanaka until they were considered the favorites for Shohei Otani, who then decided to release a statement that said, I will play for any team except for the Yankees. They are the only one that I am not considering. And then it felt like everything got flipped on its head and people were like, ah, the Yankees will not pursue that market anymore. Um, That was just such a weird occurrence for someone to be outright like, uh, the one team I do not want to play for is the big city good one. Uh, I will consider all the other ones. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) why? What what is wrong with you? Um, He's one of the few people in America that I think deserves booze at Yankee Stadium. Um, to outright turn down the Yankees like that before they've even offered it to you saying they are too good and big. Like, okay, come on. But Sagano does not seem like that kind of guy. And the Yankees are, I mean, basically one of three finalists at this point. So let's see how it plays out. Um, I'm at the very least intrigued. So now I do want to take a little while and talk about the, the 2021 Baseball Hall of Fame ballot. So Derek Jeter was supposed to enter the hall last summer. Uh, can't remember why that got canceled. Oh, right. The ongoing pandemic that has ruined my life and everyone's life. Um, but it was going to be Derek Jeter, Larry Walker, and Cardinals catcher Ted Simmons and labor leader Marvin Miller entering the hall last year. The Baseball Hall of Fame decided to combine classes, which meant that there was a chance that there would be a whole bunch of inductees arriving this summer to join Jeter on the biggest stage. And it looked like the most likely person to join him in that class was Kurt Schilling which is basically a nightmare. It felt like the Yankees avoided disaster when Jeter was elected in 2020 and Schilling was not elected to join him, though he came very close, appearing on 70% of ballots and sort of feeling like he was about to be the next Mike Messina. Although for, you know, the exact opposite reason, Messina got on after such a long wait because people picked apart his stats and were kind of like, wow, sabermetric darling. There's a lot here that we didn't really recognize. Schilling is almost the opposite where he's been around forever and he's going to get the Jack Morris treatment where it's like, Oh my God, how is it's his 10th year? How is Kurt Schilling not in yet? Won the biggest games, you know, World Series hero year in, year out. This is getting ridiculous, like for all of the intangible reasons that are not statistically based. Um, but I will remind everybody that Kurt Schilling, you know, if he doesn't get in, it's not because of his right wing political views or, or, you know, just being on the other end of the spectrum. You'd have to be crazy to think there aren't uh, right wing people in the Baseball Hall of Fame. There hmm. will be more every year there are plenty of those and that is fine uh kurt schilling said a t-shirt that advocated for the hanging of journalists was very funny journalists vote for this award i'm not sure journalists are like interested in sharing a mint julep at a cooperstown golf course with a guy who was like hey no hard feelings that rope tree journalist some assembly required shirt was just a goof like "Eh, okay maybe not probably not um but it's sort of trending now in the direction where there might not be a single other person on the stage other than Jeter Walker and Ted Simmons. The early trends are no better for Schilling this year than they were last year, though there are very few trends to work off of. None of the people who joined the ballot this year have any chance in hell of getting in. Sorry, uh, Tim Hudson, Mark Burley, Tori Hunter, Barry Zito, AJ Burnett, and Nick Swisher. Nice humans, most of them. Um, if any of those people are getting into the hall, it's on like their 18th chance on the veterans committee ballot when David Ortiz and Derek Jeter get together and they're like, let's put Tory Hunter in. He was cool. But like none of those guys are getting in this year. Um, and none of the people from the previous ballot who maybe deserve a second look are going to make the monumental leap. It's going to take to get in this year. Andrew Jones, Andy Pettit, as much as I wish he could make that leap, polled at 11.3% last year. So it's going to take him 20 years skin in if he gets in. Billy Wagner, Todd Helton, these are guys in the high 20s, mid-30s, Scott Rowland, Omar Vizquel. It's just not going to happen. 
And of the very few ballots we've seen already sent in, two of them are completely blank. Um, so if people are going to do that to protest this historically low class, which I think they, they probably are going to continue to do considering there's no penalty, right? Jeter, Walker, and Simmons are getting in either way. So there's no way there's just going to be an empty embarrassment of a Hall of Fame induction ceremony where the president of the Hall of Fame is going to have to get up on the stage and go, let's remember some people from the past since, oh man, like there's no way they're going to wreck tourism with an empty class. So if it's shilling or bust, I hope everybody goes bust. Um, but it's currently looking like it may just be a big fat zero, which is honestly my preferred result. Get the down ballot guys the votes they need to keep their momentum going for the future and keep shilling out of the Hall of Fame because he's a borderline case and a terrible man. Now, I love the Hall of Fame. Uh, so clearly, I, I'm you know, more than ready to go off on the hall at the drop of a hat. Uh, but that's where I stand. What are you thinking and sort of, do you think that, you know, you're a big Clemens and Bonds guy. I am too. Um, they have two more years of eligibility. They're both around 60%. I still harbor the seeking suspicion they get in in their 10th and final year next year when people really have their feet to the fire. But I don't think it's going to happen this year. I don't know where you are in that. I don't think it's going to happen either. I'm hardly a baseball historian, um, but I look at these guys. And for the mo- initially, I thought Andrew Jones should have gotten in, and then I just did some more research on his – stats and it's just not enough uh tremendous you know gold glove outfielder but just the body of work just isn't as complete as it is for so many of these other players and it's frustrating that Pettit isn't gonna probably probably isn't gonna get in because like how many how many players get in for their regular season success and there's nothing to knock about that you know you win multiple Cy Youngs you you know win some ERA titles Pettit has the most postseason wins in the history of the sport like that's got to be enshrined in some capacity. We don't know if that's ever going to be broken. We don't know if that record's ever going to be broken. So, I mean, that's the only other person kind of on this, this fringe level that we're talking about. Um, I'm a big Sammy Sosa guy too. Just love Sammy Sosa. Uh, I don't think, but yeah, you're right. I don't think anybody else is going to get in. If I had a ballot, I'd be voting for Bonds. I'd be voting for Clemens. I'd probably be voting for Sosa and Pettit. And that would be it. I love Tim Hudson. Tim Hudson's great too, but same thing, just like not enough. It's like, just like Andrew Jones, like very, like a consistently awesome, like five, six year period. And then just like, that's kind of it. Maybe like, maybe like seven years and then just nothing that really blows you away. Um, Interesting case though, was Todd Helton. Like what? Probably not. Cause they're going to have the, they already had the – how long did it take Larry Walker to get in for the course field bias? The, so Todd entire, the yeah. entire 10 years. Yeah, like, that was Helton's his last – Yeah, yeah Helton's going to get in, but it's, a, it's, it's the same shit. Yeah, I mean, I don't like how it takes so long for some people to get in. We have that kind of charade. But I also – you know, I'm not glued to what happens with the Hall of Fame voting every year. So I'm not the best person to ask. But, I mean, there is just no – you can't convince me that – Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens can't get in. And even if they can't get in at this point, we haven't, we haven't come up with a, like a hall of fame within the hall of fame that has the asterisk because they can't Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens were among the best in the game before all the allegations cropped up. Like that has to count for something. Their careers ended up allegedly being drastically lengthened because of potentially what they were doing to enhance their you know performance. But they had they had left indelible marks on the sport before any of that. So I don't know. Uh, the it, they, the writers take this seriously, and if they're taking it seriously, then that's just going to be the way it is. But 
I would like to see Jeter get in with this, this small class, or maybe if they could sneak Pettit in there, who knows, that'd be, that'd be pretty sick, but that's not happening, but that's my only wish. And that's really all I got to weigh in here because everybody else, I don't even know how Michael Kadai or Dan Harron and uh, 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 Barry Zito are on this, to be Latroy honest. Troy Hawkins is on this. Barry Zito. Barry Zito is one of my favorite pitchers of all time. Uh, would never vote him in, but that's that's just funny. I love the guy. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. He, once again, another guy, like three awesome years and then irrelevancy. I think Tim Hudson and Andrew Jones both get in if you're like polling us in 2004. Yeah. But that's not where we are. You know, all I have to say on Clemens and Bonds is I think if you if you look in your heart of hearts, if you look in the mirror and you honestly don't think they're Hall of Famers, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you know, I, I do think they want to avoid the controversy of them going in the same year as Jeter. And there's likely to be this sudden embarrassing surge in year 10 where people are like, I've reexamined it. I was wrong. And in reality, it's just like you didn't want to be the guy advocating for them when not enough people were advocating for them. But I will say it's going to be pretty freaking embarrassing for Major League Baseball if they actually have the capacity to be embarrassed, to look in the mirror and say, Roger Clemens, Barry Bonds, uh, Alex Rodriguez, you are not allowed in the Hall of Fame. What you did was an absolute disgrace. And then look at the 2022 Hall of Fame ballot featuring uh, – 2003 anonymous survey testing positive test haver David Ortiz and then go big poppy meant so much to the game in the city of Boston congratulations on your enshrinement so I'll leave it there I'll leave you with that brain buster just think about how weird it's going to be when there are still people hemming and hawing over Bonds and Clemens and David Ortiz is sailing in without an asterisk despite being a positive testing power only hitter who had a positive steroid test on his ledger never forget this that's it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. And that is a rant for next year. So make sure to check back in with me for that. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you do get your podcasts. Make sure to drop us those five-star reviews and a mailbag question and come after me for my David Ortiz opinion. Even though it is not an opinion, it is in fact a fact and a correct fact. But I'd be like, I'd love to hear from you regardless. Until next time, I'm Adam Weinrib. And you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weinrib. And I'm Thomas Carinante. You can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. Head on over to yanksgoyard.com, people. Uh, we got some articles coming up in the next few days, uh, more of this trade stuff that we're concocting with our brilliant minds, and we're going to be talking about more of it on Friday. So uh, we'll see you then. Yeah, they're guaranteed to blow your mind. Make sure to check it with us on Friday, and see ya. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.